0: The Catholic Channel Sirius XM 129 presents Just Love, with your host, Monsignor Kevin Sullivan, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of New York. Welcome to Just Love. This is the most holy time of our year, in the middle of the Sacred Triduum, Easter, Good Friday, Holy Thursday, and it is when we reflect most deeply upon the mysteries of our Catholic Christian faith. There is no better time for us to kind of highlight the, our show, Just Love. Just love God, just love your neighbor, just love yourself, and our world will be more just than it will be more compassionate. You know, it's interesting. I haven't thought about this, but I don't know if you can apply those three things to Jesus, and the cross and the crucifixion, Um, You can do it, you probably are kind of stretching things a little bit because to a certain extent, um, the crucifixion is almost the complete giving up of oneself for the sake of another. Now, we believe that in doing that, Jesus is raised up on the third day. But certainly the act of giving oneself over to death is not positive, even though ultimately it leads to the glory of, of the resurrection. And clearly, but clearly, on the other hand, it is, as he says, to do the will of his father. He doesn't want to do it if it can pass. He would like it to pass, but he says it's to do the will of his father, the love of God, his father, and clearly in our belief, he's doing it. Was for the love of us to save us from our sins. So, in a certain way, uh, this most holy time of the year is the ultimate love of God, the ultimate love of neighbor on the part of Jesus, uh, who, as our as his disciples, we're called to imitate in our own in our own particular particular way. And so, it is um, a very 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 solemn, very holy time of the year. Not should be somber and depressing, no, but it should be uh, solemn in which we enter into these uh, great mysteries of our our faith. Um, Now, our first guest today is Father Lawrence, and I'm going to make sure when I speak to him, I pronounce his name um, name correctly, Ramana Jekha. Um, and I'm sure I haven't said that right, and I apologize, but I will ask him how to say that. And um, the conversation we're going to have is a pretty pretty somber conversation because we're going to talk about what happened in Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka oh, in 2019, in which there were the bombings on on Easter Easter Sunday. So it is a very very somber thing, but I'm delighted that we're going to be speaking with uh, Father um, Ramanayake uh, Ka, uh, about that that situation. Uh, it is a uh, it is a very very difficult. So why don't we now go to our first guest, Father Lawrence Ramanayika, and to the executive director of Caritas of Colombo. Sri Lanka's capital. Uh, Father Lawrence, thank you for joining us on Just Love.
1: Yes, thank you so much for inviting us. It is wonderful to hear. Good afternoon to you.
0: Good afternoon to you too. Now, please, would you say your last name for me and I will try to pronounce it correctly?
1: You better refer me. Lawrence is familiar to you, uh, Monsignor Kevin, I think.
0: Okay, I can do Lauren, but for the Uh, sake of our listeners, say your last name, please.
1: uh, Don Nishanta Lawrence Ramanayaka.
0: Ramanayaka.
1: Ramanayaka.
0: (laughs) Ramanayaka. Okay. All right, but we'll go with Father Lawrence. Okay.
1: Yes. That
0: is is great. So listen. I'm delighted. Tell us a little bit before we talk about the tragic events of Easter about four years ago and the response of Caritas in Sri Lanka. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, your background. Tell us a little bit about you so our listeners can get a sense of of you.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, I am Father Lawrence, who has been ordained for 21 years ago. Uh, And I was the assistant for five years at the Caritas Network in 2007 to 2011. Uh, Then I was uh, sent for higher studies. Then I did my higher studies and came back and I had a little bit of sociology. And I got the master's degree in Colombo uh, University in Sri Lanka. Uh, So after that is my background. Uh, I am the youngest in the family. Uh, out of five uh, two sisters and two brothers uh, came from a very religious uh, background in a village or not in the urban sector but in a village area 30 kilometers away from the capital city Uh, that is a little bit of myself so uh, with uh, the background of that uh, I had to solve this uh, great tragic event so it is because of the most of the seven uh, out of eight bomb blasts, seven is in uh, my Western province, my diocese. So I had to solve the, the whole responsibility. So again, Father
0: Lawrence, um, you're aware of this, is that sometimes in the United States, we get pretty focused on ourselves and we don't have a sense of the broader world. And so for the sake of our listeners, would yes. you kind of... Um, couple of things. Just so that our listeners understand, would you talk to them a little bit about Sri Lanka, about the country? Give give our listeners a sense of that, because probably a lot of our listeners might not be familiar with the country. So give our listeners a sense of Sri Lanka.
1: Yes, this is really an island, a tourist attraction place. And the four major religions in the world is uh, still alive in Sri Lanka and always the Sri Lankans are people who welcome others. Although we have a lot of uh, uh, differences in our color, in our faith, in our uh, whatever the religious backgrounds, we always welcome the others. Even in pain, we never show our pain to others. That is That is how the Sri Lankans have brought up in their own cultural uh, inhabitants. Therefore, naturally, it takes uh, the attraction of the foreigners to Sri Lanka. Apart from that, uh, we have a very uh, profound uh, tradition in Sri Lanka. It goes almost uh, more than uh, uh, 4,000 years back with the religious background. So a lot of attraction and tradition, uh, ancient cities are here in Sri Lanka, though naturally, they take the attraction of the foreigners too. So apart from that, the cult, uh, the main uh, income source or the exchange source of Sri Lanka uh, is, uh, thirdly is the tourism. First is the tea, uh, then second is the garment, then third is the tourism. Uh, therefore, uh, naturally, when something takes place, that will affect our economy immediately. So, uh, apart from that, major religion for religion, uh, the religious readers they always keep in touch with each other. We, because all the three religions have been adopted in the culture of Buddhism. Therefore, naturally, a uh, lot of respect for the Buddhism. Even though we are Catholics, we respect because we used to go to Buddhist temples, even for uh, mosques. Uh, therefore, we have the good rapport among the other religion, religious leaders. Uh, but there are some instances where we have clashes. The extremists naturally uh, will uh, provoke the feelings of the extreme people also. There are some insta- instances there, we found that those sins have led uh, even this event. I, I, I feel that you will understand what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, Father
0: Lawrence, uh, we're speaking with Father Lawrence, who is the executive director of Caritas of Colombo, which is Sri Lanka's capital. Um, so, again, would you tell our leaders, uh, tell our listeners what? What was the terrible tragedies and bombings that took place on Easter Sunday in 2019? What happened then?
1: Of course, uh, now it has been revealed that it is an planned action because a lot of planning has been done. So even though we had the 30 years of war, it was not so. So all the information has been revealed Almost 11 days before, with the names, with the places they are going to attack. Therefore, the first uh, evidence that we have after a lot of investigations done by the government with uh, two regimes, there were almost four, according to my knowledge, four inquiries uh, presidential inquiry, then Vijit uh, Malalgoda report has been done, then after that, the parliamentary report uh, came out. Like that they are, we, it is revealed that it was something uh, planned action, so therefore it has someone has to organize this and get the responsibility over this. This is not uh, uh, haphazardly or immediately took place event. It is not so. It is not: well, the
0: in, in the four inquiries, have they identified who it was yet, and what was the motive? For the attacks,
1: yes, of course, it is very clearly with the documentation. It has also shown that it has been revealed uh, three months before. Then, at at the last day, even in the early in the morning, and previous day, uh, but the action has not been taken properly to protect or to avoid the event as such. So it is very evident in the reports.
0: But so, who did it?
1: That is the main issue. The, the the master brain is still not revealed. Okay. So that is why we pray and fighting for justice. We are crying for justice. Who is behind this event? This is the secret. This is not yet revealed.
0: And they may not know who's behind it, but do they know why it happened?
1: That's what. So some, according to our knowledge, so still uh, there are some court cases going on in search of justice. But uh, uh, some interpret as a political uh, agenda behind this has been uh, motivated. That is is one interpretation of this. Because otherwise, uh, even though there are extremist uh, religious uh, people, uh, so this is also extremist group of uh, Muslims. Uh, so, naturally, they they have not been controlled, it seems, not properly guided. Therefore, it has led, but someone behind it, it can be. So, that is how the, the, the secret behind this is still not revealed.
0: Okay. Now, um, so in the event, one of the targets was a Catholic church on Easter Sunday that just seems so awful that, okay. that on the, the holiest celebration of our year, that, that I mean, I, this is me saying it, so I'm not putting words in your mouth. That had to be an action
1: of hate. I mean, didn't it? Uh, that's, the, uh, the, that's right, Monsignor. So it's still the reason behind it correctly not revealed. But uh, because the as the minority, Catholics are minority in Sri Lanka, only 7% of uh, the population. The 70% is Buddhist, then 10% now, currently, Islam. And uh, very uh, very few, uh, seven, uh, yes, almost 8% of Hindus. So we have a good rapport among everywhere we live together. But there was not such extremist groups. Uh, very uh, after twentyth the twenty first century, we see those extremist groups. But that is how still it is. Uh, uh, it is uh, something hidden because uh, even the Catholics we have our own qualities. So we always bear pain with the cross. So we are not attacking people. So we have our own qualities. After this event, that has been very, very clearly seen. Because we have not attacked anyone, even the families have dead and gone by this event, but their relatives never attacked to any person. So that is the quality of our Christian values. So that is how that is how we have brought up in this multi-religious cultural nature. Therefore, even so that event itself shows us. Therefore, Monsignor, that is how even we we pray that the Uh, almost 272 people closed their eyes in order to open the eyes of 2 million people.
0: Wow. So, Father Lawrence, the executive director of Caritas Colombo, Sri Lanka's capital. So, Father Lawrence, um, after that tragic event, as always, Caritas tries to heal wounds. It tries to provide aid. So, could you share with us a little bit what Caritas did in response to the tragic deaths and the destruction on Easter Day?
1: Yes, within a few hours, we were it was naturally the holidays because of Easter. So we have given uh, three days before, as Catholics, we have given them holidays. Therefore, naturally no one works at the office. But within a few hours, Almost within two hours, we were able to reach to the uh, attached places, mainly religious places, two places. Then after that, we were able to uh, reach the hotels. So, you know, almost eight bombs blasted in eight places. Out of eight, three places are religious places. Two Catholics, one is a Bible place in Batiklo, Eastern uh, Province. Therefore, we were able to reach. Then within uh, 24 hours, we were able to plan out. So within, uh, with, within six hours, we had to attend to the uh, identifying the dead bodies very soon. After the legal matter was done in two places, uh, taking the, all the injured people into the hospitals, then we just with the religious uh, leaders' support, we were able to team it and go to those places and uh, start our immediate relief work. Therefore, I was there at uh, uh, one of our hospitals when the dead bodies was uh, one by one taken from the uh, hospitals and from the religious places. So uh, we had, because uh, these two places, Monsignor, are totally different, the Colombo At St. Anthony's shrine, most of the devotees, they come from outside. It is not a parish as such. It it is a worshiping place. Therefore, almost uh, according to our census, we had just done a survey uh, within three days time. We realized that almost 39 families out of 121 are out of the Western province. So they are dead bodies. We have to send them quickly from the mortuaries. So after legal uh, uh, process was done for each dead body we, at, at the mortuary because it was curfew time. No transportation is available. So a lot of challenges. But we were able to go to that as religious leaders. We, we are allowed to go there. So we were able to start our relief work. Then the director, then director father Mahendra Gunatilaka of National Caritas Sri Lanka said, he also reached with his team and joined with us. We were able to plan a wonderful uh, program on the third day itself when the dead bodies are being uh, buried. We are uh, apart from that, we are planning how to reach to uh, these people and to the families. So our our attention is always not the a person who got injured, but our whole attention and focus was the affected families, not as individuals. Therefore, we prepared a plan, special program, and name it as a psychosocial and pastoral uh, program for the affected families of the Sunday bomb blast. From now, that onwards. So, so yes. Father
0: Lawrence, I assume the trauma was tremendous. Of course. And how has that impacted people going back to church? Are there is there a trauma in terms like a bomb could go off next Sunday when I go to church?
1: Yes, of course, it's still the traumatic uh, impact is still there in the families who got affected. So according to our survey, just after Within a week, we were able to visit all the families. Uh, We were able to visit all the families. According to our senses, we have all the database. Therefore, we have still, there are some, I have the data, still with me, the updated data. So here is still there are some families who are undergoing traumatic uh, counseling methods and all the expertise are still continuing because almost according to the uh, update data. I would like to share with you uh, these data as such. So naturally, there are 79 families who lost one of their family members. Wow!
0: And that okay. doesn't count. That doesn't count those who were just injured. It's the 79 yes. who actually had a death in
1: yes. their family. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. They're in Katua one of the in Nigambo area. So uh, there are. Uh, 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 56 persons who died at Koshikade. out of 42 families. Mm. Okay, so we have all this, more than uh, 500 have been registered as injured. Now, up to now, Monsignor, there uh, there are 10 who are disabled and paralyzed and brain injuries. They are still being treated. They have not kept their food, food on the floor after two years, after four years time. So only 12 days more, according to your uh, uh, broadcast. So 12 days more to complete four years. So we have seven, uh, we we have often uh, six children who lost their both parents. Then still, uh, there are uh, youth, eight youth who are open. They don't have their own parents now, they are alone. So there are children also sixteen children without mothers. Then we have uh, twenty-eight children without mothers, uh, sixteen children uh, without fathers. So this data still we have we are still continuing to uh, relieve their pain and suffering. So still it is on the process. So all the data are with me. Uh, so Monsignor, so we still have the impact. In the family life of those affected people.
0: Father Lawrence, let me share with you a story from my own parish here in New York um, about oh, well, within the past month or so, a couple approached me and wanted to celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary of their of their marriage, and it was a great, uh, wonderful opportunity. And so we did it after Mass, but the 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 mother, the parents who were, whose marriage was uh, whose vows we were renewing after 50 years, she wanted to light a candle to a son who had died in the attack on the World Trade Center in New York City in 2001. So some 22 years later, they were still dealing with the memory and the hurt of that tragic loss. So what I think you're pointing out is, you know, maybe there is, you know, we think this should be over in a week. But the trauma and the pain, it goes on for years.
1: Of course, Monsignor, it has been never brought out in their life. Of course, even still, we can't reach... Uh, the village of Katwapiti, and they have their own smell and the feeling of fear. So, still, they have not switched off their lights, some of the houses, e- e- even during daytime, to just imagine the fear that they are undergoing. So, of course, babe, uh, apart from that, I would like to comment on this one because all the international community opened their hands open. With the request of His Eminence and the Bishop Conference of Sri Lanka, when this tragedy took place, in order to uh, minimize their pain and suffering with their own open hands, with their contribution. So, if, of course, Caritas Network always is uh, supportive towards. So, among them is, uh, you are naturally, Caritas New York has played an enormous role in our supporting. Therefore, I would like to say my gratitude on behalf of Sri Lanka and one who coordinates this work with his eminence, Malcolm Kahn Ranjit, I owe to you and I I, I thank you all citizens Mm -hmm. and well-wishers who supported us in prayers by contributing their own assets. Thank you so much. I take this opportunity on behalf of the Director, National Heritage Sri Lanka, to thank all of you who still have the concern over us. After four years, that is what touched me because we were in a busy schedule. I got this opportunity within four few hours, but I rushed back to Colombo and I prepared a little more within the hours that I had because I was so uh, fascinated. It's still the foreigners, people like you and the committees and all the networking, so they still concerned This matter. So I am so grateful to you all who have uh, still uh, concern on our uh, our country and this event. So that is Father Father Lawrence.
0: Thank you for your expressions of gratitude. What you have pointed out is that in the unfortunately very divisive world that we sometimes live in sometimes even within our own countries, among people of different religions, that there is a basic core humanity that expresses solidarity. And and hopefully we do a very good job of that as Christians, because it is at the essence of our belief. We believe in Jesus is not the savior of Sri Lanka, not the savior of the United States, not the savior of where, but he is the savior of the world. And if we pledge allegiance to him, how can we not be in solidarity? Now, you and I both know that sometimes we place our nationality and other things, sometimes above our Christianity and a little bit of shame on us. And we need to do that, but we need to examine ourselves when we do that. But what you point out is that Many, many times that notion of a universal humanity under the saviorship of Jesus Christ does enable us to be compassionate, and reach out. And so thank you for taking the time to be with us on Just Love as we are tragically on the anniversary of those terrible killings and bombings and a very, very blessed uh triduum easter time
1: to you okay thank you so much manchino and your team who has taken so much of time to contact us and getting this support so wonderful so we also wish all the listeners god's blessing on this easter sunday and god will protect all our faithful not of our faithful all the citizens of your country that have a good time with the lord Lord. Thank you so much. May God bless you. Thank you. Father
0: Lawrence, Executive Director, Caritas Colombo, Sri Lanka's Capital. Thank you for being with us on Just Love. Tom, I think it's time for us to take a break. Um, Just love. Just love God. Just love your neighbor. Just love yourself. And our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. This is the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Now, let's get back to Just Love and your host, Monsignor Kevin Sullivan. Welcome back to Just Love. Just do it. Just love God. Just love your neighbor. Just love yourself. And our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. This is our weekly conversation about what's going on in the world through the prism of our Catholic social teaching. This week, we are in the middle of the most solemn, sacred time of our year, the Holy uh, Trinity, I'm sorry, the Triduum of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, Easter Sunday. And so this is right at the essence of our of our Christian Christian faith, um Tom, I know that you like Good Friday in the sense that you have your special pilgrimage that you do with uh, Pax Christi and the stations of the cross what do you what about the other uh
2: celebrations of the Triduum?
0: What do you think about them
2: I you know monsieur I, I have to say. You know, last year I had the pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. I went down to uh, to to your parish, to our to mm-hmm. our Savior, for the um, the Easter vigil, which I hadn't done since I was a very young man when I used to work at church. But I'll tell you, this was my first experience of ever experiencing the vigil as just a worshipper, and it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was just I just thought the way that you know the fire was lit out on Park Avenue, and everyone was outside. And the church was dark. And we all came in with our candles and everything. It, it just, to me, it was just, it was just very moving. And as I said, when I was a younger man, I worked at that mass, so I was in the back turning the lights on. Right. So I didn't get a chance. <laughs> so I didn't really. Well, get a you, chance are to wel- you are welcome, again. You are welcome <laughs> yeah, again. it was. Thank you, Monsieur. It was. I that that to me, I think, because again, it's it's bringing light, you know, to the darkness. It's it's all those things we talk about on the show. It's 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 what we try to do. I think at, at Catholic Charities try to bring light to, to dark situations. So to me, it just is a, it's a, it's a physical manifestation of our faith. I love it.
0: Yep. So it's a, it is, it is a good, it is a good celebration. And, you know, one of the things I like about the, um, the Triduum in our, in our faith is the fact that there's only one main service on those days it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil. And in our Catholic tradition, and again, because even with the diminished kind of number of people coming to to Mass, we still don't fit everybody at one Mass. You know, people come uh, at different times, and there are different Masses. And so, you know, it's a little bit more hectic, the ordinary Sundays, because there's more than one Mass and. If you're a priest, you're doing a variety of different things. What I kind of like about the Triduum is you get to concentrate. That, okay, Holy Thursday evening is the Mass of the Lord's Supper. And Good Friday, the solemn celebration of the Lord's Passion. The Easter Vigil. Though, as you said, Tom, the light and fire, the readings from the Scripture, the baptismal liturgy and the eucharist. And so it's kind of their end you kind of have all of your all of the parishioners together at one celebration each day. So I kind of like it a whole lot for those for those reasons. So it it is a very very good uh good time of the year, good celebration and opportunity to kind of renew and deepen our our relationship with Jesus and the, the beliefs of our, of our faith. Um, so anyway, so why don't we go to our next guest? Our next guest is Father John Higgins, the pastor of Holy Cross Church in a part of New York City, actually the only part of New York City that is connected to the mainland of the United States, the Bronx. And so I'm delighted that Father John Higgins has joined us on Just Love for our Easter show. Father Higgins, thank you for being with us and taking the time. Thank you very
3: much, Monsignor. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: That is great. So listen, I am super, super excited, and so make our listeners excited. How did you get all those people to come to your parish in the Bronx? Tell us a little bit about what you did on on Ash Wednesday, and again, to set a little bit of a context, you know we're all lamenting the fact. Oh, people don't come to church and they don't practice their faith anymore. But so tell us what you do and tell us the good news of what was going on in your parish.
3: Oh, thank you, Monsignor. Well, um, you asked what I, I did. I really didn't do much beyond just saying yes to what, what God was.
0: Uh, well, and, Father Higgins, you and Mary. So she said yes. You said yes. That is a big deal.
3: the almighty one has done great things in this case. Um, Here's the story, Monsignor. It started back in when the news came out about what was happening in Wilmore, Kentucky at Asbury university, which is a Methodist university where um, I guess on some nondescript service on February 8th, uh, which in some ways is like the standard services they have twice a week. Uh, The pastor spoke about the importance of praising the Lord and and gave a little bit of inspiration. Um, Nothing that would explain what happened next. The kids who heard the story started to hang out afterwards and and praise with with song, and others started to hear about it um, and stayed, and it kind of went viral. And then tens of thousands of people later on uh, just kept coming and coming and coming, lasted for a number of weeks, and uh, eventually the university said, "We're a university. We're not, we're not like a phrase." <laughs> so they kind of um, reworked it. But in the meantime, I remember watching that on the on the news and the news feeds, and I said, "Wow, I wonder if Holy Cross we could do something like that." And um, but it never came concrete. Uh, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, which was February nineteenth. My phenomenal parochial vicar, Father Vincent Druding, came to my room about nine minutes before it was time to start Mass and said, look, I saw that on TV and I got this these chills that I know is the sign of the Holy Spirit. We can do this. Let's do it here at Holy Cross. And I said, all right, let's do it. I'll announce it at the next Mass. So those three Masses, that Sunday before Ash Wednesday, I said, look, you've seen what's happening in Asbury, everybody. If not, take a look at the news. And then we're going to start. We're going to start Ash Wednesday night. And um, and we're going to bring in some musicians, some artists. We're going to have some preaching, some testimonies. Um, and uh, let's see what happens. We, we know we want to start it, but we're just going to wait and see to when the Lord wants to bring it to an end. But to start, that's all we can see right now. And let's do it. And the people responded and And it went kind of viral for for our little humble parish here, Holy Cross. I know the Asbury revival, it's its own thing. What what God was doing with us was different, but we definitely got our inspiration from that Asbury prayer experience and revival. On Ash Wednesday, you know, we had our usual crowds for Ash Wednesday. People come out very much for Ash Wednesday in this neighborhood and all our neighborhoods. But afterwards, what was so remarkable to see hundreds of people pouring into the church you know, at uh, by nine o'clock at night, about six hundred people were there. The church was full, and it kept going and going. It w- they were there all night, and um, and it hasn't stopped. Um, it, it just keeps going. Uh, now I, sh- I should say we have to end. We had to end for the for the triduum, so. Um, but our, our final our final blast our final blowout, as someone said today, mm-hmm. be on Sunday night. From, uh, we'll take it from five thirty to to ten p.m. and we're going to have potluck dessert afterwards. Everyone brings some dessert, and it was the only fitting way we could see to on Easter Sunday to bring this this grand this great Jesus and Zion revival
0: to conclusion. So, Father Higgins, uh, give our so. I mean, it's it's not merely about numbers, even though you mentioned numbers. But have you had like a lot of people there throughout throughout Lent?
3: Oh, we have, yeah, more more than uh, more than ever before. Um, so, what happens? There are quieter times. I mean, we have Eucharistic Adoration twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We stop for Mass, or if there's a baptism or a funeral, obviously we suspend Adoration for that brief time, and then. Resume afterwards. Um, so there are quieter times when there'll be a handful of people in the church, but then it starts getting heating up, heated up after our seven fifteen Spanish mass, which we sometimes make bilingual to accommodate everyone who comes. And uh, that's when the numbers come. Um, the bigger numbers are on Friday and Saturday night. And we'll have hundreds of people there. They'll stay to one, two or three in the morning. And then, then another shift of people comes in the 3 to 4 to 5 o'clock slot. Uh, various groups of the parish have been covering maybe certain more difficult hours, like the 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. slot, but through there. Uh,
0: okay, so let me ask the question. Um, how'd they learn about it? How'd they, because I assume they're not all the parishioners of Holy Cross.
3: That's right. So we have, of course, our own people here. But I think social media is, I mean, yeah. it's what, it happen and turned huge in, in Asbury University in Kentucky. But I, I think, you know, we send out our flock notes every day and, and right. just tell them going to be there for the, for the strongest part of it. But it, I think social media explained it word of mouth. and People are, uh, are just very moved. In fact, there was someone the other night in the wee hours of the morning who, who needed to be consoled by some of the other people there because, because they said it was coming to an end. <laughs> they were really, really grieved about it.
0: That's uh that is that is amazing. And would we? How about the age? How old are the people coming?
3: Well, uh, we have people of all ages. There's been some nights that we specially dedicated to children, so our kids from religious education. That was an amazing experience. Um, some of those nights where kids have come, and you know, our parish is is got strong Spanish roots, but we have lots of English speakers as well. And but the you know the kids came, and and we have this. Sometimes there's sometimes where it's more of a charismatic bent to it, but all you know certainly communion with the local pastor and our, our bishop, Cardinal Dolan's come here to be a part of it one day, and he interviewed Father Vincent on the same topic. Um, but the strongest uh, part is in the nighttime. We have a lot of a lot of young people, a lot of young adults. I think that's what I would say. They'll come after work or even sometimes at three or four in the morning that a lot of our young people, young adults are saying they're going to break night. They're going to break night and be there and and be with the other praising him.
0: Ah, So we're speaking with father John Higgins, who's the pastor of Holy cross church in the Bronx, part of the archdiocese of New York and the Bronx, for those of you throughout the country is the part of New York city that is actually connected to the rest of the mainland. You know, Father Higgins, um, the parish that you are in, that has had a very, very strong history of kind of some vibrant ministry there, particularly with young people. And you are just taking that to an entirely new level. What plans do you have for the future?
3: Well, I I tell you, Monsignor, I, I, this is not something we planned. I, uh, yeah. And God's greatest works, I, sometimes he does uh, with us, sometimes despite us. Right. And, um, what happened um, here was not planned at all. We had about nine minutes to plan it before we launched it. <laughs> and uh, so going forward, uh, there are some concrete things that we discerned that we should keep going. Uh, one of them is that although we previously had Eucharistic Adoration running through Friday here, from 12 noon to seven after Jesus and Zion, which is the name of this revival is over. We're going to expand it to, from 9am to 7pm Monday through Friday. Okay. We keep going 24 seven, but this is, this is what we think we could do now. Also um, for this, for the time being for the next Fridays of, of the Easter season, we're calling seven Fridays to Pentecost. We will have, um, the same thing we've kind of been doing um, Jesus and Zion it's going to be from 8 p.m. on Friday nights to 8 a.m and we'll kind of use the same structure of praise and worship testimonies and 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 praising the Lord in, in various ways um, for these seven days what we do after that I'm not sure we did say one of one other thing I wanted to, to put out to our people was uh, and I, I let them know this weekend because so many have come forward to describe the healings, the change of heart, the miracles and wonders that God's worked in their life. We kind of put together a, a registry of blessings, testimonies, and miracles that people have experienced. As in the back of the church, anyone can write down the special graces that God has given them. And our, our prayer is that uh, the great graces that God has given through this Lenten season will, will continue.
0: Well, that is wonderful. The You know, I. Father Higgins, I, I've known of your very, very good work for a number of years, and um, and Father Vincent's great work when you were in another parish, and I do think it's one of the things that I would just like to kind of mention to our listeners, which you could speak of. You know, sometimes they they say they accuse us religious people. Well, we're all about the church, and we're all about this prayer and praise, but we don't care about people's needs. But I know, and just speak a little bit about this, you and Father Druding in your ministry have never forgotten the needs of people for food and for other just basic human needs. And you've seen that also as integral and essential to your pastoral ministry.
3: It's true, Monsignor. Um, I can tell you that I carry your holy card from ordination uh, in my in my breviary, because uh, Monsignor Lamont Hamilton uh, had it in his, and I've inherited his breviary, mm-hmm. and it speaks very beautifully about um, about the importance of social justice. Um, well, uh, we one of the principles of our parish is we want to be able to to discover Christ in the least, the last, and the lost. Um, and uh, shortly after coming here, we launched our Matthew twenty five ministry. And I know we've spoken about in this on very program some some many months ago right. and uh that matthew 25 ministry uh, continues um and and we've always seen that link between like what we're doing here with our eucharistic adoration or revival to the kind of service to the to the poor and the needy that this parish long before i've been here has been known for so by recognizing christ in the Eucharist that gives us the strength and the faith to see him in what Mother Teresa called the distressing disguise of the poor and gives us that fuel we need to keep going, at, uh, keep going on the important work of, of being, being a source of relief and grace in Christ's very presence to the least, the last, and the lost.
0: Well, Father Higgins, let me just say a word of thanks to you for your saying yes at the beginning of, of Lent And look at how the Lord has chosen to make that yes blossom for the healing, the deepening of people's faith. So thank you for what you've done and have you have done. And I think the Fridays and Easter, wonderful way to continue that that ministry of celebrating the Lord's resurrection. So thank you so much for what you're doing.
3: Thank you, Monsignor. and Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Great. Father John Higgins, the pastor of Holy Cross Church in the Bronx. Uh, Tom, we'll take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Just love. Just love God. Just love your neighbor. Just love yourself. And our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. We'll be back on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Just do it. Just love. Just check out Monsignor Kevin Sullivan, who's here right now. Take it away, Monsignor. Welcome back to Just Love, our weekly conversation about what's going on in the world. Just love God. Just love your neighbor. Just love yourself. And our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. You know, even though this is the most solemn, sacred time of the church year, and there is the opportunity and probably even the call to focus more clearly on the great mysteries of our faith, the cross, the resurrection. There's a way in our conversation with uh, Father uh, Higgins reminds us is that that shouldn't make us unaware of what's going on in the world. And in fact, if we celebrate these great feasts well, we sell them in a way that those events going on in the world around us are drawn into them. And we see them through the prism of the cross and the resurrection. To be very direct, we see those events as having the potential for transformation. Sometimes seems a little hard given all the problems, the evil, the pain, the suffering that is in our world, the absurdity that is in our world, the anger, the hate, and to say, well, you know, it's all going to be better in Jesus. Well, no, it's not that simple. But on the other hand, it is necessary to see those things in the light of the cross. We need to unite them with Jesus, unite them with his pain, his taking on our sins, and then that transformation. And whether it be issues of war, whether it be issues of politics, whether it be issues of poverty, that there is that tremendous need to connect them with Jesus and his place. You know, there is, you know, when we think about um, kind of Holy Week, it's a lot about a journey, you know, the journey of Jesus into Jerusalem, Jesus going to the upper room, Jesus going up the hill of Calvary, Jesus being raised from the dead. So there is a lot of movement in it. And I think sometimes when we think about it, we talk about, are we going to walk with Jesus? And we do know a lot of Catholics come on Palm Sunday, but they may not come for services the rest of the week. Okay, be that as it may. And so we say kind of people have to stick with Jesus. But I do think there's a way to kind of turn that a little bit around and to realize that as important as it is for us to walk with Jesus, it's even more important that Jesus walks with us. Now, that may seem a little bit funny, but when we reflect upon it, Jesus walking with us actually happens. Because no matter where we go, Jesus is with us. And part of the challenge is for us to advert to his being with us, to let him in to where we are walking, let him into where we are, and to permit his saving grace to enter into those parts of our lives, especially those parts which can be very, very difficult. So as we celebrate this Holy Week, this Easter time, it is an opportunity to kind of mesh our faith with the problems in the world and to allow the world and our place in that world to be transformed by the saving power of Jesus. So a very blessed Easter to you. And thank you for being with us on Just Love, the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. You're listening to the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.